If you have your Bible, turn to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 29 tonight. Now, I'm not going to take it verse by verse, uh, but, but I, I just want you to, we're, we're going to kind of go pretty close to that, but I want you to see that Solomon made a bunch of decisions, he sort of reviewed his life. And he made a lot of mistakes because he didn't use wisdom. So he's sort of coming back to using his wisdom in chapter 7. And uh, he begins to describe it. Now, the first five or six chapters, he's very discouraged because he's lived his life for himself. He's lived his life for wealth and prosperity. And he's miserable. If you have your Bible, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter number 1. And notice with me, if you would... Uh, he says in, in verse number, uh, verse number uh, 13, I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven, and this sore travail hath God given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. He said, I was just miserable as I looked around all the difficulties there are uh, in life. And then notice, if you would, <clears throat> in verse number chapter 2, verse 10, he makes this statement. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. There's nobody in this room that can do that. But Solomon could. He said, I withheld not my heart from any joy. So if he wanted to do something, he did it. It, it, Nothing did he hold from him. And the goal was to be happy. And you'll notice he says, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of my labor. And then in verse 11, then I looked on all the works of, that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity. It was empty. I was miserable and vexation of spirit. And there's no profit under the sun. So he sort of uh, sits back and he begins to reflect a little bit, and he comes back to his wisdom. And so in chapter, one, uh, in chapter 7, verse 1, he says, a good name is better than precious ointment. We looked at it last week. Precious ointment sometimes can be worth a year's wages. It was in the New Testament, the alabaster box that Mary had. She broke it and poured it over Jesus' head, and it was worth a year's wages. So if you make 50000 a year or 80000 a year or 150000 or 200000 or 400000 that would have been what it was worth. And so we don't think about perfumes worth that, but it was in their day. It was sort of a way that they saved their money. They put it into a perfume, and it was very valuable. It was very treasured. Now, notice, if you would, in verse 10, he says, in verse 9, he sort of addresses anger. Apparently, he had an anger problem for a while. He said, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. So he's giving us the wisdom that he's gained over the years. And he starts in verse 10 and goes through 29. And he covers several topics. And I, I want you to follow with me, if you would, because almost all of them are relative to us. Uh, notice, if you would, Roman numeral one in the outline. Why were my earlier days better than now? Because I used wisdom then. Now, then he reflects and says, I shouldn't even ask that question. Notice in verse 10. Say not thou, what is, why, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? Uh, he's trying to say, look, don't look back, look forward. 
Looking back, you get discouraged over the things you've done wrong. Now, that doesn't mean we don't learn from them. Uh, experience is a hard teacher. But he said, you know, that, that can discourage you. Don't look back. He says, uh, say not thou what is the cause that the former days uh, were uh, better than these. You know, he looks back and he says, you know, I'm not doing so hot now. And so he looks back and then he gets discouraged because when he was younger, he did right more. And now he's not doing what's right. And so he's very disappointed. And you'll notice, if you would, in uh, uh, the outline, Roman numeral 2, wisdom helps a man that uses it in many ways. Look in verse 11. So he gives a list of things that he says this is wisdom. Notice verse 11. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. And by it, there is profit to them that see the sun. So most of us, when our parents pass away, they would leave it to us as children. And he said, look, you need wisdom to use that and make a profit from it. Most people don't. They waste it. And he said, wisdom is good if you receive an inheritance, if you uh, receive a bonus. Let's take just a bonus at work. Wisdom is good if you use it uh, for, for the Lord's glory. It helps you make good decisions financially. Well, notice, B in the outline, he says, wisdom and money can be a defense. Look at verse number 12. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. So he's saying, look, there are two things that can sort of protect you from fear and worry. And he said, number one is wisdom. He said, because you, you can trust the Lord, you can trust his word. And number two is money. Now watch, a lot of people trust in their money. But notice what he says. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Wisdom helps you make good decisions. Money does not. Wisdom is something that helps everybody in this room better your life. It would help you uh, enjoy life better if you use the wisdom of God in your life. But if you have money, uh, yeah, oh, sure. Notice in the outline, uh, one, wisdom can protect us from sin and wasting. We don't waste things if we use wisdom. Wisdom is better than money. If you had a choice, do I want money or want wisdom? Most people say, give me money. The problem is that money uh, is not long-lasting. Look at number two. Money can also be a protection from fears and worries, but not for long. Because if you don't have wisdom, uh, you'll, you'll waste the money or you'll use it in ways you say, what did I do that for? Um, uh, Mike Tyson, world heavyweight champion when he was 19, uh, made millions of dollars. I think one fight he made $50 million. And so he had a, a stash of Mercedes and Rolls Royces and, and uh, Ferraris. And I think he had 12 of them. Now, think about this. Uh, and then when he got beat, um, when he's like early 20s, uh, he, all of a sudden now he begins to lose things. He can't pay his bills because he's not making $50 million a, a fight. No, he's, he's making maybe a million a fight. And he's been used to all this money. He had no wisdom. And so he would say, give me money. But when he lost it, it was like, oh, my. Uh, it would be better to have wisdom because you don't need a lot. The Lord gives you wisdom to stretch what you have out and make it work. So notice, if you would, in the outline, money, uh, even though one can use it for defense, 
Money doesn't bring joy and purpose. It is temporary. Uh, I've often said you see no U-Hauls behind a hearse. You go uh, uh, to a funeral, you will never see a U-Haul at a funeral that some guy's got all this stuff and he's taking it with him. Uh, uh, That doesn't happen. One of the things that, that Solomon was upset about is you can't take anything with you. He said that in chapters 4 and 5. He said, it's just a vanity. You work so hard, and the day you you, you die, you you just leave it all here. Now, keep in mind, he didn't live for the Lord. If you live for the Lord, you take it all with you because you've laid it up in heaven as a treasure. The Bible says, a cold cup of water given in Jesus' name shall not lose its reward. So if the Lord is watching a cold cup of water, uh, today someone came in and a lady had made pecan pies for some of the staff. And so I have a pecan pie in there, very thoughtful. Didn't have any idea it was coming. Uh, a few weeks ago, one of the men in the church said, I got something for you, Pastor, and, and well, I followed him out to the car, and it gives me this big old watermelon. Wonderful. Now, it's not that the watermelon's worth $1,000, but it's the kindness. And the Bible says that the Lord writes it all down. And when you get to heaven, you've laid up treasure in your heaven. Now, let's talk about spiritual things. You give out a track. You witness to somebody. You sit down with someone that's struggling. You share the gospel with them. That's written down. Uh, the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. So we use our wisdom to share our testimony with people. Uh, everybody in this room that knows Christ as Savior can tell someone else how you trusted Christ, and then they too can follow suit. You can take God's Word and memorize the Romans Road, Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, uh, I mean, you can go down the line in Romans, at the very Romans 10.13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. You can memorize six verses and lead anybody to Christ. But that takes wisdom to put that before watching a ball game or before going out and golfing, or this or that. Doesn't mean you can't do those things, but you want to be ready to be a witness, a testimony, to share with someone the good news of the gospel. That's wisdom, first things first. Wisdom gives you right priorities, gives you a right work ethic. Uh, and, and so here you and I are without wisdom. Well, we've got money, but, but it, it stops at death. If you've got spiritual wisdom, and nothing stops at death. It precedes you. And uh, better than all of that is when you win someone to Christ uh, and, and they end up in heaven. Uh, there, if you, if you uh, have led someone to Christ, you're going to rejoice with them for all eternity. And if you're giving to missions, we have missionaries all around the world, and they're winning people to Christ. I, I guarantee you when you step foot inside heaven, there are going to be people come up to you that you've never met all around the world. If you've sent missionaries to tell them about Christ and they trusted Christ, the Lord's going to allow them to know who 
sent that missionary. And so I think a lot of heaven's going to be people coming up and saying, I just want to tell you, thank you for sending Eric Johnson to tell me about Christ. I want to thank you for sending Isaac Marzouk to tell me about Christ. I want to thank you for t- sending, and you list, go down the list, uh, uh, Matt Allen in Papua New Guinea or, or uh, uh, Randy Alderman. He's got 30 churches in Togo, uh, a- West Africa. Uh, they're going to have rewards in heaven, but so is everyone here that sacrificed to get them there, to keep them there. So be somebody come up to you and say, how do I say thank you? I I missed hell and all of this because you care. That's wisdom, spiritual wisdom. And so Solomon says, notice if you would, uh, money's a defense, wisdom is defense. Choose wisdom. Now, the Lord blesses people, and uh, it's not like you have to have either or, but you better not have one without the other. We always need wisdom. Notice if, if you would, <clears throat> look in the outline, number, number three. We should consider the work of God in our lives. And twice in this passage, he uses the word consider. Uh, notice with me, if you would, <clears throat> verse 13. Consider the work of God. Now, what he's talking about here is consider. Uh, <clears throat> he, he's seen a couple things, and he says, I want you to consider it, and you use wisdom. Notice. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? Now you might think about it. Well, why would God make something crooked? In John chapter 9 and verse 3, there's a man that uh, was crippled from his mother's birth. And uh, they asked, who did sin, this man or his parents? And the Lord said, nobody. This is the will of God. Because By him being healed, many people are going to come to Christ. And so the Lord allows crookedness, straightness for his purposes. And we have to have wisdom to trust the Lord through difficult times. Notice, if you would, in the outline, uh, uh, A, no one can change what God has ordained. God has planned something out. It's for his purposes. We can't make straight what God has made crooked. God uses everything to work in our lives. There's not one thing that happens in your life that's a mistake. Well, you know, I had a flat tire. That was a mistake. It wouldn't have had to have been if you had given a track to the guy that changed it. Or if you could have shared the gospel with him. Or if you had invited him to church with you. You see, folks, God moves in our lives that he can get us to be a blessing to people that need us. But if you and I are self-absorbed and we're just thinking about ourselves, God can't use us much. Notice with me, if you would, uh, in the outline, uh, B, God also uses prosperity and adversity to better us. Notice this, we can never know the future, but we can know the principles God uses in our lives to bless our future. Look at verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Here he comes again. Think about this. Use wisdom. Consider. God hath set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. So look, he says, look, God is trying to use difficulty. He's trying to use blessings to cause you to look to the future, to say, God's working in my life. Folks, tonight... Um, 
The Lord uses everything. Sometimes he has to do things to get us dropped to him. Notice, drop close to him. Notice, if you would, uh, see in the outline, this is one that bothered Solomon. Sometimes even the righteous suffer, and the wicked are blessed. God is still working in the two men's lives. Look at verse 15. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. He dies early. And there's a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Why does God allow that? I often wondered. <clears throat> I was married to Susan for 43 years. Um, she suffered so much the last eight or ten years of her life. And I remember saying, Lord, couldn't you help her? I, I don't know what you're doing. But Lord, I trust you. But I saw in her something that changed me. I saw someone go through tremendous difficulties with sweetness and grace. And I said, trouble doesn't have to wreck us. It can make us stronger. Um, just today, our superintendent that built this building came up to me yesterday and said, Pastor, I, would you pray for him? I said, sure. He said, I can't see out of my eye. I said, what? He said, yes, it, it, it just stopped working. And uh, I asked him, and he said, yes, I'm a diabetic. And I said, that's diabetic retinopathy. My wife had that. But I want to encourage you. They have a way to help it. He said, they do? I said, yes. And I said, now, they, they shoot your eye with laser that it cauterizes the vessels. Your blood vessels have popped, and it filled up your eye with blood, if that's the same thing my wife had. And I said, and then one day, after several months, she looked up at the chart and said, wow, that's a big E. We're just rejoicing. And I said, so I believe that was 30 years ago. It could happen for you. Oh, that's such good news. Thank you for telling me that. Well, that's, I'd rather my wife not have to gone through that. But boy, it was an encouragement to him. Sure enough, yesterday at 3.30, he went to the doctor. It's exactly what it was. They said, it's exactly what we're going to do to you. Uh, we're going to shoot it with laser, give it a few days, let it, the blood settle. And uh, if everything goes well, it, you, you could get your vision back. And I says, well, we'll pray that you do get your vision back. I'd rather put my faith and trust in prayer than I would the doctor. But it doesn't mean you don't go to the doctor. We'll just do both, and I'll trust the Lord to use the doctor. Oh, thank you so much. So what I'm trying to say to you is that God uses difficulties in the lives of Christians to make everybody else better. Don't ever think God makes a mistake when you have a difficult time. Nobody wants that. Who wants to volunteer? That's the reason I tell you, what is my least favorite word in the English language? Patience. Why is that? Does anybody know why? 
By tribulation worketh patience. I don't want to pray for patience and get trouble. If the Lord wants me to have trouble, just, Lord, bring it to me. I just don't want to know about it in advance. How many of you would like to know uh, tomorrow that you're going to have a car wreck and you're going to be in the hospital for two weeks? How many of you would like to know that today? That's what I thought. Nobody wants to know that. Lord, just don't tell me. I don't want to have uh, the, the knowledge of tomorrow when it's bad. Well, the Lord, we look at it as bad. The Lord looks at it as good because it's going to build us. It's going to make us a better testimony. And folks, that's why we're here. We're not here just to acquire wealth. We're not here just to have our own things and do our own things. If you're God's child, we're, we're a servant. We're to represent him. We're ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. Notice with me, if you would, in the outline. Now look in, in uh, D, don't worry or stress over things we can't change. That was something that I learned very clearly. Notice if you would, uh, or it will negatively affect us. That's the way my wife had such a positive spirit all the time before she died, is that she said, I, if I can't change it, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to thank the Lord and go forward. And so I learned by watching this tremendously gracious lady go through every kind of struggle you could think of physically almost, couldn't see very well, her heart uh, had congestive heart failure, her kidneys had failed, she had no legs, she, uh, she uh, had to give her a shot every day four times, she had just a struggle and, and, and had to go to dialysis every other day and yet sweetness. So I can see if I can't change it, I don't want it to change me. And that's a lesson we could all learn from this passage. Notice what he says uh, in, in verse number 15. He said, all things have I seen in days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness. Yeah, well, I'm going to trust the Lord. And there's a wicked man that prolongeth his life and his wickedness. Maybe God, does anybody know what Second uh, Peter says? He says, uh, very clearly, he's not coming back until the last person gets saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but is long-suffering. He wants to see people trust Christ. When he comes back, it's over. So he loves people. That's why he tarries. Notice, if you would, in verse 16, he says this, Be not righteous over much, um, neither make thyself overwise. Why should thou destroy thyself? Why should we worry about, well, I, 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 need to, I need to be more like Christ. You don't worry about it. We just work at it. I remember being in Memphis as a pastor, assistant pastor, and a lady came down the front, and she said, Pastor, I need help. Well, I said, okay, let's sit down. I tried to help her, and she says, I've sinned to sin, and I want to ask the Lord to forgive me. I said, well, let's pray right here. And she says, but I don't remember what it was. I said, so you, you've, you've done something that's wrong. Are you sure? Well, I think I have. She was overmuch righteous. She was worried about something she might have done. She wasn't for sure she did it, but she couldn't remember if she had done it. And so she was just tormenting herself. That's what he's saying. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Folks, when we have done something that's wrong, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And we forget it and go on because God is forgetting me. 
He says, as far as the de- as far as the east is from the west, I'll remove your transgressions from you. Psalm 103, 12. He doesn't want us to worry. So Solomon is using his wisdom to try to teach us how to live a life that's one of joy, no matter the circumstances. Now that's difficult to do. But that's God's way. Notice with me, if you would, in in uh, uh, number in letter F, we must remember. Oh, let me go back to E. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be wicked or foolish and cause God to take us home to heaven early. Uh, uh, that that's what he's saying in verse seventeen. Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Uh, we. Uh, there's several instances in Scripture where somebody just uh, just does what they want to do, and the Lord says, I'm done with you. And uh, Jonah is an example of that. It's the only book in the Bible that ends with a question. God was upset with him. And then you'll notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when we look at the Lord's Supper, it says in there, because people have taken the Lord's Supper with sin in their life, and they knew it, and it didn't matter, the Lord says many are sickly and some sleep. God's taken them on to heaven. And so he says, be not overmuch wicked. Look, you need to look at your life. Why end your life early? Because you didn't do the right thing. Notice, if, if you would, in, in verse number, in letter F, we must remember that if we fear the Lord, we will have God's help through everything. Look at verse 18. It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Listen to this. Grab a hold of this. This is a concept that's important for everyone. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand. Don't miss this. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Um, Look, if you have a respect for God, I put the the definition of it in here in in parentheses. Notice respect or honor. We have a respect for God, a fear of God. Lord, I, I, I do respect you. Then we adjust our life. The Lord says, I'll help you with everything. If you'll, if you'll respect me and follow my word, I'll help you with everything. Notice uh, Roman numeral four. Solomon came back to the benefits of wisdom. Look in verse number 19. He says, wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than 10 mighty men which are in a city. And again, there's an example uh, in Scripture, uh, you, don't, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Samuel 20, 16, a wise woman delivered a city because she made a good decision. She recommended to the men of the city, we need to do this, and they did it, and it spared the city. And so that's the reason he says wisdom in anybody, a man or a woman, a child, wisdom strengthens the wise more than 10 mighty men which are in the city. Wisdom is far better than muscle and strength, and fearlessness, and bravery. Notice, if you would, A in the outline, Roman number four, a wise man is better than ten mighty men. We just read that verse. And then notice B. It is very difficult to find a godly woman or a godly man. Now, Solomon backs up, and he begins to consider, where are all the godly people? And notice what he says, if you would, in, in, in verse number Uh, 26 and 27 and 28, he says, I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands 
Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her. So he's talking about a wicked woman, a woman of the world, a woman of the street. He said, a wise man will never get caught in that trap. And then you'll notice, if you would, in verse number, uh, verse number 27, Behold, this have I found, saith the preacher, counting one by one to find out an account, just considering things one at a time, which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not one man among a thousand have I found. But a woman among all those have I not found. So he says, look, uh, of all my acquaintances, I've only found one man that's a godly man. And I haven't found a woman yet. Now, now think about this. How many wives did he have? A thousand. He said, none of them are godly. What a terrible thing. And so wisdom is something that you can have tonight by asking the Lord. And it'll cause blessings in your life. It'll allow you to see through difficulties in life, to see the will of God, the plan of God. Wisdom will protect you from the wicked woman and give you the right kind of friends. And I, I, I want you to notice, see in the outline, and we'll f- finish with this, God protects the wise from wicked men and wicked women. We can consistently walk with the righteous if we use wisdom. I would like for you to turn to your Bible in Proverbs, if you would, chapter number 2. Proverbs chapter 2. We'll close with these passages, but I want you to notice them. Notice Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. He says, look, if you, if you listen for wisdom, you incline your ear for wisdom, you ask the Lord for wisdom. Notice, he said, wisdom in verse 12 will deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things, you'll pick out the wicked man and say, I don't want to be his friend. Wisdom will give you that. We want our young people to have wisdom to know how to choose their friends. There's the passage for it. Now look at verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman. This is not a woman that has uh, one ear and four eyes. This is a woman that has no godly heart. That's in life for herself. That is, that is immoral that is ungodly. It could be just a woman that is, has no spiritual interest. And he says, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. She could even be a Christian but she's forgotten to, the promises that she made to the Lord. She's forgotten as a young girl. I want to do what's right, and she's forgotten all that. He said, I'll give you wisdom, and you can avoid that and the hurt that comes with it. And then notice verse number 20. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. That's what wisdom of God will give everybody in this room. It'll protect you from the wrong friends and it'll help you to have the right ones. Now, folks, and the the last part, I love it, and keep the paths of the righteous. It'll help you do the right thing. Folks, tonight, everybody in this room, we need wisdom far more than money. We need wisdom far more than bravery. We need wisdom far more than all the things that you and I could think of in this life because wisdom guides your steps. Wisdom guides allows you to take this book and apply it to your life in such a way 
that you avoid the wicked woman, you avoid the wicked man, you choose the right ones, please, let me encourage you to ask the Lord for wisdom tonight. All of us need it. It helps you make good financial decisions. Everybody needs wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from God. Let's bow our heads for a prayer tonight. I'm going to ask the pianist to come and play a verse of invitation hymn. Maybe you're here tonight. <clears throat> you look back, and it's painful. You've made some decisions that you wish you hadn't made. Ask the Lord to forgive you and walk on. Don't look back. Just learn the lesson and say, Lord, give me wisdom not to make that mistake again. The Lord loves you tonight. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as Savior, use the wisdom that the Lord will give to you to trust Him. Realize heaven is around the corner. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Lord loves you tonight. Would you trust Him if you haven't? We're going to have a word of prayer. We're not going to stand to sing. I'll just ask every head bowed and eyes closed as the pianist plays. You come if you need to to talk to the Lord tonight. Please, let's all pray a little while for the prayer list. There's some people that are very needy, and I encourage you that when you finish praying, slip to the lobby and fellowship one with another. Lord Jesus, thank you tonight for the promise that if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. Lord, you won't just give us a little wisdom. You'll give us all that we need and more. And I pray that you'd help us to seek your face for the wisdom that would guide our steps. Now speak to hearts tonight. In your name we pray. Amen.